Welcome to Assassination on this Tuesday, the 24th of May, 2022. Count them. One, two, three days until Memorial Day weekend. And then it's the unofficial t- uh, summer. Official time of summer. Summer doesn't start, though, until June 21st, 22nd. So it's the unofficial start of summer. So looking forward to it. Anywho, so um, I heard that the Rangers won game three, and then tonight they're playing game four. You know, it's just a rumor. You know, just a rumor. So I guess I'm going to be starting the show with that, right? <laughs> um, we'll talk. We'll have, I'll have some football news and notes at the end of the show. But I'm going to talk with my New York Rangers. I'm going to start talking about them. I'm going to start the show with them because game three. Let's just review it. Now that we had time to dissect it, let's just review some of the things. So, you know, the first 12 minutes of the first period literally set the tone for the game because Igor stood on his freaking head. Uh, the shots were like 13 to 3. Um, the Canes were shooting from every single freaking ass angle. And Igor just literally stood on his head. And then, of course, I think, um, you know, mixing up the lines was brilliant, was a brilliant move. Um, Philip Heedle really reads Mika very well on that line. Um, he made some really decent plays on that line. Obviously, they didn't end the game with, with those lines, but, you know, Mika was flying everywhere i mean he was creating chances and he um you know he set the tone for the whole entire offense i believe i think mika just really really did an awesome job in game three uh obviously the power play um they went they got the power play they went right to work they stopped the momentum for the canes um you know there's not a lot of time and space on five and five hockey with this series if you haven't noticed um, it's tight on five and five. So the power play means a lot to the Rangers. Um, they go, they went right to work. They got the power play goal. And then what can you say about the second goal with Chris Kreider? Um, you know, Mika, Mika saw that, you know, Tony D'Angelo was not really holding that tight to his stick. He lifted the stick. He lost his stick. And Chris Kreider saw the open, you know, the open space right there and shot that goal, shot that puck and got the goal. I mean, what can you say? Right over the shoulder. Um, terrific play by both of them, and they desperately needed that 2-0 two, two lead in the game. They desperately needed that. They could not go into the third period with it tied 1-1. Um, you know, it was actually 2-1, to one, but just thinking about that, imagine they didn't get the second goal. It would have been 1-1 going into the third. So that that goal by Chris was 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 big, was huge. Um Philip Kittle reads Mika very well, like I said. Um, Chris Kreider takes the shot when he was given the shot. He took the opportunity and he scored the goal. And I mean, Chris Kreider also, you know, coming through the neutral zone with authority with the puck. You know, not just dumping it in and lallygagging and and you know, just gently coming into the the zone. No, no, he owned the zone, literally. Uh, I think he played an awesome game. Um, you know, I thought the defense again was top notch. Um, you know, Jacob Trupa had an awesome game, um, as did Miller. Um, you know, Schneider played great. Um, they did not allow the Kings 
to do their thing in the neutral zone and the center of the ice, obviously, in the neutral zone. So they did not, and the center of the ice was protected. Um, you know, I, I just thought they played a very sounded 60 minutes. Now, there were times when, during this game, that the Canes had their, their opportunities and they had the momentum, but I think the Rangers just knew what to do to squash that. And here, here's the, the trick to beat them now for game four again, to tie this series. You have to play down low between the dots hockey. That's how you beat the Canes. You can't let the Canes get opportunity to then make you play their game. You have to play your game and force the Canes to play your style of game, which they are not capable of doing. If you notice that, they can't play the way the Ranger style is played. They can't do that. Um, in the first 12 minutes, I mean, of the, of the first period, I mean, the Canes were flying. You can't let them do that. You can't give them momentum that quick. And you can't give them momentum when you're winning either. You can't sit back. you got to keep attacking every shift through 60 minutes of hockey. Not 50, not 55, but 60. Um, you know, uh, and then let's see what else happened. Oh, the hit that Foxy got, um, he took against the boards. I think it was the second period. I don't remember which period it was, but I mean, I cringe on those hits and that, that looked like that hurt him because he didn't, he did sit on the bench for a little bit. He came back on the ice, obviously, but he didn't look the same. So I hope he's okay. But, um, you know, those hits I don't like. Um, oh, what else can I say about Ryan Lindgren? I mean, really, I, I keep telling you, he's a fucking sexy beast. He is. He's a sexy beast. He is the warrior on this team. He... The Canes know that the team feeds off of Lingren being on that ice. Because to me, he is the team captain. They feed off him. That's why there is, there's no quit in this team's bloodstream. Because they are all warriors. Because I, and I really truly believe it because of Lingren. Um, and that was the cheapest cross check I've ever seen with Domi. Now, I loved his father, Ty. I loved how Ty played the game. But my God, trying to purposely hurt a player that you know is the bread and butter on this team. Because let's just be, let's just be face reality. I mean, Lindgren is the bread and butter. He's the heart and soul. Just like Igor is the heart and soul, and you have Mika, and you have Kreider, and you have Panarin, and you have Truba, and Foxy. Um, and then you have, I hate calling them the kid line. So if you didn't watch my show on Friday, I changed it now to the young guns. They're the young guns. Because when they come out of the ice, they're blazing. They are blazing. You have all these different um, types of, of heart and souls on this team. I think everybody plays an important role. You know, you have Strom, you have Reeves, you have Mott, you have Rooney. Uh, you have so many different aspects of this team. And they all believe in each other they all are they all stand up for each other um just the way that this team is playing i mean how can you not love this team um they're just they're they're magnificent 
Um, but that was the cheapest shot. And of course, you know, uh, Tony D'Angelo showed why the New York Rangers let him go. Um, he must, he, what is he, a fucking bird? Because all he does is chirp. All he does is chirp. He must miss Twitter a lot. He must miss being on Twitter because all he does is fucking chirp his mouth. Chirp, chirp here, chirp, chirp there, a chirp, chirp everywhere. <laughs> I can sing, oh, McDonald's had a farm. I can say they had Tony D'Angelo on the farm. For God's sakes, shut your mouth. I, I don't mean to tell, say this to him, but I'm going to tell this. You just gave the New York Rangers bulletin board material. Obviously, you gave, um, you don't know who Gallant is and how many penalty minutes he had when he was playing. I believe he had like 1,600 penalty minutes in his day. Um, and you're chirping at him. I think that's the most ridiculous thing. But can we give Gallant the Jack, um, <laughs> the award for best coach? Um, right now because i mean telling him to grow the fuck up oh my god yes he does he, he still has not grown the fuck up um bulletin board material now if i was gallant i would put the fourth line out there to start the game i would put literally i would put reeves mont rooney i would put back there truba with lingren not foxy this time lingren and and uh truba to start this game and tell him, oh, you want to go at it, boys? Come and get it. Because you know what? And set the tone. Set the fucking tone for the game. You know, the little cheap shots at the end. Uh, you lost the game. Move on. If you thought you were going to sweep this team, think again. Um, how about that, though, by the way? Uh, Florida Panthers got swept by the lightning. Um, and they had a tough... They had a tough go in the first round, too. So for them to win the President's Trophy, I, I still am amazed that they did that. That was their parting gift, by the way. It's hard, though. It's hard to play this game. And when you win the President's Trophy, there's so much more pressure on you to win the Stanley Cup. Um, but anyhow, let, you know, um, this team has no quit in its veins. This team plays best because when they're behind because they know that they believe in each other's talent and ability and they believe in each other and they don't panic. If you've ever seen a team that plays from behind and then they have, they go into panic mode, they never end up winning that game because why? Because they were in panic mode and they're not clearly thinking and they're not clearly doing the things needed to win. This team does not do that. And uh, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. Now, I will say this. <clears throat> All right, there were teams here in New York over the years that I just had a really awesome feeling that they were going to win. You knew that they were going to win. Now, I was young when the Mets won in 86, but I was like, oh, they're going to they're going to win. I just felt like they were going to win. Um I wasn't that young, but I wasn't that old either. <laughs> um, but I felt with the 86 Mets. I felt that with the 86 Mets. I obviously felt that with the 94 Stanley Cup champion, New York Rangers. Even when they were down to New Jersey, I knew they were going to come back and win. Even when they were down to, you know, with the, with the Vancouver Canucks, and they gave away those two games, games five and six, and they, we had a game seven. I knew that they were still going to win that Stanley Cup. 
I just had that. You, you have like that instant feeling. I had that with the with the Yankees in '96 and '98. I had the feeling with the New York Giants in 2008. I even I will say this: even 2011, I just thought the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl again, especially when it was against the Patriots. You just knew you had that feeling that they were going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. No, I did not have that feeling with the 2009 Yankees. Sorry, but I didn't. I, that was a surprise to me. I did not feel they were going to win. I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop with that team. Um, I'm happy that they won, obviously, but um, I haven't had that feeling. So we ha- So for me to say this, that I have that feeling with this Rangers team, it's, it's definitely something special because I usually don't, I don't have this feeling with all my teams. I don't. Um, it's been a long time coming here in New York to have that feeling. Um, I don't feel that the Mets are going to win. I don't feel it with the Yankees. I don't feel it with the Jets. I don't feel it with the Giants, the Knicks. I didn't feel it with the Nets. Um, you know, you just don't, when you have that feeling, you know, you know, it's the intuition telling you, you know, I, I just have that feeling with this team. Um, they have that warrior type mentality. They have the no quit in their veins and they're not going away. Um, I think the Canes thought they were just going to push them to the side and sweep them. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're not. We're not going anywhere. I really feel they're going to tie this series up tonight. Um, you know, one game at a time. But I, you know, even if they, I'm not going to say this. No, I'm just going to say this. They're going to win tonight. I have a feeling it's going to be 2-2. And I have a feeling it's going to definitely go 6 or 7. It's not going to be the Canes winning the next two. Let's, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and I think the Rangers are going to get into the Canes' heads here. Um, I think they were, they've already gotten into their heads because of the way that they acted after, the, after game three. You can definitely tell that the Rangers are getting into their heads. Um, and they're not playing clearly. Um, they're not playing their style game. It's getting frustrating for them because they can't play their game and the Rangers are stopping them and the Rangers are finding ways of winning. Like I said, if the Rangers want to win game four, they got to play down low between the dots hockey. They got to play their their pace. They got to play their game and let the Canes ha- be forced to play your style game. Do not let the Canes come out in game four flying all over the board, flying all over the ice, you know, flying from one end to the other. Um, don't let them have control. Once you give them control, it's hard to take it away. You know, don't don't take un, unnecessary penalties. Now, are we just making like you know? Um, are we just calling cross checking like one every four fucking times? Because the cross check penalty that Lindgren got was was cake compared to a couple other ones, especially the one that Kreider got. Um, second period when there was a rebound and he was uh, and you know and um ranta couldn't um hold the rebound and there was and some guy forgot who which cane player came out of nowhere and cross-checked Kreider. how come that wasn't called but we're calling a soft cross-check that lingren uh that lingren did um in the first period hello uh we should be calling you know every single cross-check then not just the ones that we feel like. I will say that. But I'm telling you, game game four tonight is going to be it's going to be off the it's going to be off the off the charts tonight. 
The crowd's awesome. You know, picking up Igor after he let that goal in. You know, every goalie is going to let a goal in like that. So for some Ranger fans to, to tweet like, oh, my God, that's a soft goal. Um, you try doing what he's doing. Let's see how good you are. Let's see how good you are. Every goalie. I mean, Mike Richter let in easy goals. Henry Lundqvist let in easy goals. Every goalie lets them in. It happens. But the thing that's different is that it did not affect Igor and the crowd chanted Igor to pick him back up and he, they picked him back up and he was magnificent the rest of the way after that goal. Didn't let anything in after that. And that is why they're winning game four tonight. Point blank. All right. So just a couple um, NFL things. So um, do all quarterbacks now think that they have to be jacked in order to win? Because I saw the thing yesterday on Twitter where Justin Herbert now is jacked. So you think that's going to help you? Um, did you just break, did your girlfriend just break up with you? <laughs> like Zach's? I mean, um, hello. Here's my problem with guys in the NFL thinking they have to be jacked. First of all, they have these trainers that are training them physically, right? And then they're telling them, oh, more protein, eat more protein, keto, no, no carbs, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you not understand how the body works with that? Obviously, they're not nutritionists. And they don't understand how the body works with that. I have a client who does the ideal protein diet. And it's, it's similar to all these diets that these guys are on. Now it's keto type style. Um, it's all protein, no carbs, no sugar, no processed foods, blah, 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 whatever it is. But you know, it's, it's the clean, you know, eating clean type thing. Um, that type of diet, you are not supposed to be working out like a fiend. And what are these guys doing? Lifting, cardio. They're spending hours in the gym, getting buff, getting jacked, right? That's why these guys are getting hurt when, when they're playing then, because you're on this diet that's not for those types of people who work out a lot. If you're gonna work out a lot, you need to have a diet that's going to not counter what you're doing. You know, you don't, wanna, you don't want it to go against what you're doing. You want it to blend into what you're doing. And they're going against the grain with this, literally. And being jacked ain't gonna help you at all. I'm telling you now. Not gonna help. It has nothing to do with you throwing the football. You threw the football fine before you were jacked. You're going to throw the football fine now. It's not going to change your game. It's going to make you look different and people are going to do a double take, but that's all they're going to do. It's not, and it's going to cause you to get attention, but that's all it's going to do. So for all of you out there that think like all these quarterbacks need to be jacked and they need to exercise and work out and change their diet in order for them to be successful. I'm gonna tell you this, they don't need to be. 
Here's the three factors that are going to help every single quarterback. Number one, the offensive coordinator needs to create the, the play schemes that are going to showcase that particular quarterback's talents and abilities. Number two, the offensive line is going to have to give their quarterback pass protection. And number three, the receivers are going to have to be on the same page with the quarterback, have to know how to run each play scheme, and the biggest thing for all the receivers, not dropping passes, catching the ball. When you have one, two, three happening, you have a successful team. It's not just on the quarterback. The quarterback, yes, is important. He's running the show out there, but it's not all on him. So can we stop this idea or storyline or whatever you want to call it, that it's all on the quarterback for the team to be successful? No. And also, I'll give you another, another factor, developing that quarterback properly. And we've seen the Jets fail at this many times. The Giants now have to make sure that with this new team that they have, the new coaching staff they have, that they can develop Daniel Jones into being a good quarterback because he's he's been left out there. He's been left out there to dry. He's been left out there. He's been, eh, bye-bye. No one has known how to develop him. He's got a lot of talent and ability. Justin Herbert has a lot of talent and ability. I don't put him in my top three, but he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. You gotta you, you gotta develop him a little bit more. Um, there's there's you know we'll see how Mac Jones does this year. Second year, I mean he made the playoffs. First year. And of all those quarterbacks that were drafted. Two years ago, right? He's the one that went to the playoffs. Not the general not the generational talent that everybody thought was uh, Trevor Lawrence. See, so when you put and I will say this when you put labels on quarterbacks and you label them like that you're putting extra ton of pressure on them to be successful when i just said it's not just based on his talent that's going to help the jacksonville jaguars get to the playoffs the whole team has to be on the same page you have to have the offensive coordinator with the play schemes you got to have the pass protection you have to have the receivers Everything has to work in the quarterback's favor. It's not just the quarterback. So you can say that he's a generational talent, but then don't tell me that quarterbacks can um, escape bad pass protection. Yes, we all saw Joe Burrow last year. He was sacked the most out of all the quarterbacks last year, and he still made it to the Super Bowl. I get it. But... That's not going to last that long. That's not going to happen again. It doesn't happen that way. He had something that uh, most quarterbacks last year did not. He had chemistry with Chase, who he's had through his college career with Chase. Drafted, they drafted him, which was the smartest move. He, can, he knows he trusts him so well that he can just throw the ball to him. And know he's going to catch it. When you have other quarterbacks have that with a receiver, chemistry with one particular receiver, that's your safety net. That's the quarterback's safety net. So if things go wrong with the tight end, if things go wrong with the other two receivers out there, 
you always know that you can depend on this particular receiver. And they also drafted the best special teams kicker. Special teams. I mean, they, they have to fix the offensive line in order to give Burrow more time. But at the same time, everything else clicked. Except the, uh, obviously, except the pass, um, pass protection. And he's lucky that he didn't get killed back there. I mean, he took some sacks that, oh my God, I, I'm surprised he was walking after. Um, so everything has to work out for the quarterback to be successful. So for all like, the Carolina Panther fans who are like, oh my God, we're still going to go with Sam Darnold? Yes. You are. And you should. He has talent back there as quarterback. Why wouldn't you? He has, first of all, I feel very bad for him. He was stuck here with the Jets. The Jets did shit for him. He goes to Carolina. They do shit for him. Uh, what do you expect for him? What do you expect to happen for him? You can't expect him to be successful, no matter how much talent and ability he has. All he has is DJ Moore. Really. I mean, in reality, that's all he has. He doesn't have a tight end. He doesn't have wide R2 or wide R3. I mean, yeah, Robbie Anderson's there, but Robbie Anderson drops the fucking ball all the time. He doesn't know how to hold on to that ball. He knows how to chirp, open his big fat ass mouth. But he don't know how to hold on to the ball. Pass protection. He desperately, Sam Darnold desperately needs pass protection. Or the offensive coordinator is going to have to help him with the slant route. There's different ways of doing the slant route. But if he's only going to have 1.8 seconds to throw that ball, you're going to have to put that into the plays. The play schemes are going to have to be 1.8 seconds. Unless, you know, and then you can't depend on Christian McCaffrey playing a whole entire season. I mean, let's be real here, people. Come on. He's another one that jacked up all the time. And he's injured, like, all the time now. Because what the workouts they're doing are not helping them stay on the field. Um, so we'll just, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. You know, we still have, you know, OTAs are going to happen in June. You got, then then you have training camps open up. We got three preseason games. Don't expect that much from the preseason games, but we'll see what happens with, the, with all these teams. It's going to be, it's going to be one hell of an interesting year. I'll, I'll just say that. I have that feeling. It's going to be one hell of an interesting year. And I think teams that we don't think are going to be successful this year are going to be successful this year. I think the teams that people are picking to go to the playoffs already um, and the Super Bowl, I think they're going to be quite surprised that they're not going to make it that far. Um, but we'll see. So, all right. It's it's go time for game four. Um, game five, I believe, is Thursday. So I will talk about games four maybe i'll have a special show tomorrow just i'll do a video show just to talk about game four um and then to look forward to game five and break down um game five for uh the rangers well we'll we'll probably do that um there will be no recordings of the fangirl hashtag sarcasm on friday it's memorial day weekend i am not doing my show <laughs> no thank you
uh, taking taking the weekend off and enjoying every minute of it. Um, have other um, projects to work on. And I'm also still working on that show, by the way. So what you see right now is not the final product. I'll leave it at that. And that's basically it. So let's go Rangers tonight. You guys got this. I believe in you guys. I know you believe in each other. Go out there. Set the tone for the game. You got the crowd behind you to tie this puppy up at 2-2. That's all you should be thinking about is tying it up at 2-2. Play each period, each shift. Take it each shift, each period. You guys got this. But remember, you have to play. 60 full minutes of hockey against the team. You cannot sit back. Even if you're winning 2 nothing, even if you're winning one nothing, you can't sit back. If you're losing one nothing, 2 nothing, you cannot panic. Just like always. See, this, this is what I love about this team so much. They do not panic. And they go hard at it. And um, they're just they're amazing. This whole bunch of guys is just amazing. Um, and um, I don't think Domi um, should try to take any more cheap shots against uh, Lindgren or anybody because uh, Lindgren will fucking beat you to a pulp, as he should. Um, and you know what? If you really want to shut up Tony D'Angelo, give him a clean hit. Hit him. If you have a chance to give him a clean hit and hit him, hit him. Shut him up. Um but the basically thing to do to shut Tony D'Angelo up for good is to win game four tonight. Tie this puppy up. Bring it back to Carolina for game five. Um, whole new series when you tie the puppy up. Whole entire new series at four, at two and two. Then it's the best of three. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Let's go Rangers.